welcome to another Tunic Network match report with me, Adam, and guest pundit, Mr. Ben Harrison. Hello there. We are in London uh, on the weekend of the Chelsea defeat. We lost 3-1 at Stamford Bridge. Unfortunately, we weren't at the game. We were not, but we're the next best thing. What, in a pub? In Broccoli, yeah. <laughs> Didn't quite have the same atmosphere, I'm sure. Um... So we'll go through the game as as usual. Rafa sort of disregarded the four four two once again. He went with a four two three one. Um, he he started with Gale up front. He dropped Hossolu. Yeah, but I mean, I think the the switching system clearly designed around you know you're going away to one of the best teams in the country. You need a bit more um, solidity uh, and a pack the midfield and, and and a sense really that the, the game plan was going to be to try and frustrate Chelsea. As it happens, though, because of that switch with Gale up top, a bit more opportunism in the final third, and we took the lead within the first 15 minutes. That's it. I, I guess with the likes of, you know, you've got runners in that in, in that sort of forward four. You've got the likes of Gale, Perez, who do press well and have high energy. You've got Murphy, who runs yeah. his socks off. Richie as well, who's energetic. And we give them something to think about. They ended up having to pass it back to Courtois, who kept, you know, we put them under a lot of pressure. And... I think it was great work from between Murphy and Gale that led to the chance for the for the opening goal. But before that, we'd kind of we'd we'd scared them a couple of times. But the you know Gale tried to feed it through. It then sort of rebounded. It was going to back to the goalkeeper and Murphy out of nowhere just sort of darted in ahead of Courtois, who got a hand in with. Came out to Gale and a really composed finish. He's now done that twice. Uh, opening opening goal at both Old Trafford and now Stamford Bridge. So. You know, we've gone through this, the whole season playing with a target man, yet you've got Gale, who many, including myself, kind of wrote off at the start of the season because he didn't look up, to, you know, didn't look up the pace in the Premier League. Probably just injured, I imagine, because he's shown some, you know, a bit of, you know, he's been sharpness and some really good finishes. Well, I, I think the key is what you've just been talking about there, though, is. It was a combination of wanting to kind of pack the midfield a bit more, be a bit more solid, but have that high energy at the, the top of the pitch. And then I think there's a common misconception that when you play one up top, well, he has to be a big guy because uh -huh. you're going to want him to hold the ball up, you're going to kind of play long. I guess it depends but, how you're going to distribute to him. But, but if you're ever going to have any joy, like a way at a team like Chelsea, actually playing it long, it, really, more often it's going to be into the channel because you're going to want to try and hit teams on the break. Yeah. Uh, and so you need someone who's a bit more mobile. And, and ultimately, I think the other calculation would have been, well, if we get a chance, it, it's likely going to be out of a, a, maybe a set player, a corner, or what have you. Yeah. Something falling in the box, and you're going to want well, a player well, in there who's going to be able to take it. Well, that's right, because I mean, last year in the Championship, we scored a very high number of our goals from set pieces. We did the same against Stoke, uh, Lascelles goal, and mm. the week before that, he won the game at Swansea from a set piece, a corner as well, um, against West Brom in the week. Yeah. Both from set players from the right hand side. One was a corner, one was a free kick on the on, on the side of the box. So you, you, I think you're absolutely right to highlight the fact that uh, set pieces were, pro were probably you know one of the ways that we could have possibly scored. But he now a funny one that's been kind of dividing fans has been the, the, the fact that he wanted to select Diarmi ahead mm -hmm. of Shelby. What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, he didn't go with Hayden, who was on the bench. He was fit. He was wasn't suspended. He was back in the squad. But if he wasn't going for a a proper defensive midfielder, what, what was Diarmi doing there? Well, I'm not a big fan of Diarmi. <laughs> Likewise. But if you, if you kind of put that to one side and think about the kind of play he is, he's... 
terrible. Anything. <laughs> Incompetent. Uh, and perhaps um, a big lump. To poor touch. So we can come to those qualities in a second. He's physical. You can yeah. imagine a game in which he's... Um, he's got long legs, so he's got his leggy, so he can get nicks, he can little interceptions, I guess. But, but he's also, you know, he can be energetic, he can drive with the ball. I'm saying kind of hypothetically. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think a lot huge of... Body I, think it's, I think it's very much a, a Sissoko but, in that respect, but if, but if, if, you he, were, if he can be bothered But to. if you're asking the question, you know, why would you select him? Well... Possibly because there's some issue around trust with Shelby and mm-hmm. whether Benitez can trust him to take instruction and kind of in a game where actually that centre midfield is going to be very, very important and, and you can lose the game very, very quickly. And actually, I mean, you saw when Shelby came on, uh, you know, he dwelt on the ball a couple of times and, and, and lost possession. There was turnovers of the ball because Shelby held the ball too long. If it was me, on the other hand, um, I think uh, Hayden's a better shout in there if you're looking to be tighter. I agree. Um, and if you're looking to be expansive on the break, then Shelby's a better shout. So it didn't quite work. He didn't have a very good game. But I do wonder whether with Shelby particularly there's something else going on with Rafa where he just ultimately doesn't trust him to kind of... And that now that Marino's come back in, he can maybe afford to leave him out of the starting eleven a bit more because he feels he with Marino he gets more of a complete player who's a, he's a tackler, but also... I mean, he gets a lot of interceptions and, and, and tackles and blocks in Marino more than you would probably yeah, imagine. But then he's got that. He can unlock a pass as well. I don't think he's quite got the passing range of Shelby, but he's definitely got the vision of Shelby, yeah. I'd say. Um, so maybe that was his thinking. But Diarmi, an odd choice. But I think Hosselu, I think he'd afforded Hosselu quite a number of chances. As much as maybe we haven't been feeding him correctly or whatever, I, I, I do think for whatever reason he needed to be out of the team just for a reset or a reload to hopefully give him a kick up the arse and maybe maybe he'll... But I, I don't know why Gail should be out of the team at the minute. Uh, depe- no. I think it might depend on op- opposition. But anyway, I mean, we'd we looked uh, like we were, you know, going kind of toe-to-toe with them for a while and mm. we, we, we were relatively solid at the back to a point, um, but a cross came in. Lejeune made a really excellent interception to, to one cross, but unfortunately, mm. that fell to an unmarked Eden Hazard. Um, I don't. I mean, looking at the replay, Marino had kind of been following him because he'd come central, but then he stopped running Marino a little bit like the Moigel against uh, Huddersfield. But then was that a clock? Which should it have been Clark's yeah. man as well? And was but he slow to react? I, I think he was I, slow to react to the second ball. In part, though, like you've got to put that whole scenario in the context of the kind of ten-minute bit of the game that we were in. And yeah. they've basically been bombarding us. Yeah, they did. They've been a kind of real sort of turning up of the, the tempo from Chelsea. And there'd been a couple of moments before that where it looked like we were really shaky and, and they were going to get through. And as you say, Lejeune in that move alone had already made one pretty good clearance. And so there was just... It's like we sense. poked the hornet's nest and suddenly it was like uh, we were under quite intense pressure that it was said, you know, we said before coming on, Hazard alone is, is is worth more than our entire squad to put together, and that's that's the difference. I mean, the way he hit that shot was very fortunate, um, in that it's sort of, he hit a, he hit the shot into the ground, and Darlow's got his hand yeah, up, yeah, yeah. and the, the replay just shows the ball. I mean, it's such a fortunate finish, and, and very unlucky on Darlow, who actually, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and you couldn't really attribute the two goals against West Brom to Darlow either, because both were defensive errors from the six-yard box, which yeah. you couldn't really reasonably expect Darlow to do anything about. So I guess I'd like to see Darlow maybe give him more of a chance and see what he can do. Um, but yes, as you mentioned, we went behind under a lot of intense pressure. 
And then shortly thereafter, we had Richie, who was almost in a left-back position. Didn't get a call. Tried to head it out. Well, I mean, the right thing to do was probably, you know, with, in hindsight and with bird's eye view, knock it back to, to Darlow, the header, but he, he hasn't. He's tried to head it out. It came to Moses, who sort of drove a really strange but very effective ball in. And what, I mean, Mbemba's on Morata, and we know how dangerous he is in the air. Lejeune just crumbles to the ground for whatever reason. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. But should Mbemba be showing more strength there? Well, I think Mbemba's trying to be a bit too clever-like and is, and is waiting for a touch in the back to go down, basically. So he's kind of, he's trying to win it, isn't he? Yeah, free kick. And, and that's ridiculous. Six yards out with the ball coming across. I mean, you've you've got to, you, you don't make... You, well, you don't... Either way, you do not take those risks in that situation. I, know, I mean, you know, maybe he did feel hand in the back, but... Um, Wasn't it well? Watching it again, there's not enough in it for me no. for it to be a free kick. And he's a, he's a strong enough athlete for to not get bullied in that situation, and he got bullied. Uh, and then all of a sudden... What's gone from a, like a really positive opening third of the game, um, which is familiar, <laughs> yeah, is is awesome. But for me, I mean, so I mean, we can get further into the kind of the goal itself. But we were unable during that period to like stabilize the game, mm-hmm. and and I mean, it's interesting. You know, you watched. Uh, I don't know if, if anybody did watch the Man City West Ham game. Um, on yeah, the just, just yeah, just now, now, yeah. And West Ham, you know, managed to oh, right, by being pretty negative and kind of packing the final, you know, the, the Man City's final third, yeah. um, like resist essentially and make it really, really difficult and make Man City try and turn up the tempo, get very wide to try and find any space. At no point really in the game were we able to kind of hold Chelsea like that. No, but we, then, but then we didn't even know they were set up to. You no, know? but then. I mean, you could argue it's a question of the quality that they have and the ability to penetrate, you know, these, these other defences. However, City got, is it? no, but but we we have shown the ability to be solid at the back against maybe lesser sides, perhaps. But we've definitely shown um, that we can be more solid than we have done over the last two weeks, where we've lost four one, three nil, three one. Whereas before that, we were losing one nil here, one nil yeah. there, and we lost two. The only time we lost more than one goal. Was uh, the but first if, game of the season when we were down to ten men. But if you think of, like the the Richie thing you were talking about just there, where he, he, he makes the bad decision, but, but, but he, that, I wonder whether he needs communication there. But even then, like that, I think that decision is symptomatic of like a team that's basically panicking. It's 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 not like yeah. in control. Okay, yeah, There's no, like point. no one's looking to take the sting out of the game. Like we're we're looking to kind of shift it immediately, pass it immediately. No one's looking to kind of kill it, and 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 I think we've paid the price ultimately because we just. I mean, I'm not saying it's easy. I mean, no, Chelsea are bloody brilliant, and, <laughs> and our players are not. Um, but if you've got any chance in that kind of game, you need like, particularly when you've just conceded, you have to try and like stem the flow somewhat. And if you can't, then the chances are before our time you're going to concede it or not. But that's it. And I think once that second goal went in, we really, I think we, it felt that like we were kind of resigned to that's it. Really, I mean, we went. It was two one at half time. Um, it wasn't Give so what, bad, was it? Yeah, I don't, no, first... I think I think we largely. I don't think it was. It was certainly wasn't how poor the Watford game was. It was. It felt more like the Man United game, except we probably had a few, fewer chances against Chelsea in the end. I think that mm. you know that that first half now against Man United, we did have a couple of chances, and certainly in the second half as well. But it was all about how we were going to then come out the traps in the second half. Um, but you, you just think it was always going to be an uphill. I mean. Chelsea's lineup, for example, you know, they were playing the likes of Moses, as we mentioned. Drinkwater got a start. Drinkwater's a great player, don't get me wrong, but he's not he's not even the best, you know, he's, he's by far the best centre midfielder that, that that Chelsea possess. 
So you felt that they were almost playing maybe a Chelsea like obviously no disrespect to the players that came in, but it's worth playing to rotate in it. it I mean that, that that's that's the, that's the diplomatic way of saying it. And you know, you look at their bench, the likes of you know Bakayoko and Zappa Costa mm. and uh, uh, Bachuai, he's not yeah. getting a look. You know, these players would walk into our side. Cahill was on there. Cahill. So, Willie Caballero, who we obviously, it's no secret, Rafa Benitez tried to sign, but we dilly and dallied and we did, didn't get the job done. Chelsea snapped him up to sit on the bench all year. Yeah. Willie Caballero would be our, he would have been playing for us in that game. Instead, he's just sitting on their bench. And, and it kind of epitomizes the difference between the two clubs. And, you know, 2 1 down at half time, we had a goal. Not a bad first half in the context of everything. I, I, I think it's, most people didn't give us a prayer at Stamford Bridge yesterday, but sometimes you've just got to concede. As difficult as that is as Newcastle fans, and that we want, you know, at least try and nick a draw or something like that, it's, it, it, it's always going to be difficult against teams that just have that much resource, that much depth, and the, you know, the fact that the quality on their bench was largely better than some of the quality we had on the first level. But, but the thing is, that, like, the margin for error in games like against Chelsea, Man City, whatnot, is is zero. So <laughs> yeah. when in the game, you know, Richie's header um, for the goal, Mbemba crumbling. crumbling, Richie giving away the penalty. For the, like there's, yes, I mean, exactly. there's three pretty basic elements in very dangerous areas that have gone wrong and all of a sudden that's two goals. You know, and, and, and to get anything out of the game then you've got to get your two goals of your own. Well, I mean, that's like a huge task. True, and so we'll get on to the, you know, the, the penalty shout. I think I don't think anybody's in any uh, qualms about that penalty decision being given. Richie tackled kind of around the corner blindly. He didn't mm-hmm. kind of look at the, at the, at the, at the was it, I think it was Moses coming yeah. in. And, and knows it as soon as he, he's he knew it. Well. He knew it, and that again killed the game. It was a, I must say, Hazard ran the show yesterday for me, and that penalty was uh, impudent. It was, uh, it was a. Beautiful little chip, yeah, and it just kind of shows the confidence of him. But uh, I mean, Rafa, Rafa, even though he didn't say to the players, he'll have had in his head if we can get into the last 15 minutes with just a goal between the yeah. two sides, then we've got a chance, yeah. That had to be the aim. And the timing of that goal and what it meant for the game, it was it was just criminal, really. The kind of particularly when it, it is a player like Moses who you know has got a you know good turn of pace. He's likely to kind of get beyond you. There's no need to dive in under those it's, it's, it's strange to kind of see Richie almost in a left-back position for, for the, the, their second yeah, and third goals. Good. So does that tell you something about... Does that tell you something about how Rafa wanted us to double up on Hazard? Or does it tell you something about... The, does Manquillo not actually doing his job and Richie having to just come back and do it for him? Is what, that, that's what's I think it there. tells you everything about Chelsea's system. So they, they, they play with kind of two wide and that like with the kind of three at the back and then two quite aggressive wing backs, wing yeah. backs essentially. And so I think it means it forces you back. And and in a in sense Richie's doing his job by being there, just not very well. <laughs> and then and, and, it's kind of cost uh, the team. And a good point there, and maybe that's I mean, maybe that's lessons learned from the Watford game, uh, we, where we got absolutely torn apart by that mm. Ziegler guy who was a left wing back and there was there was there was obviously confusion between Yedlin and Richie of who exactly was supposed to be picking him up, which you talked about on the Watford yeah. match report. And we just didn't we didn't learn our lesson and it happened time and time and time again. So maybe Richie doubling up was the result of a week long on the training ground of Rafa Benitez learning oh. from his mistake. 
And that's, I think that's, that's the difference with the coach that we have now to, to look at those mistakes. And, and yeah, we made individual defensive errors yesterday against a very, very good side. I think that's the crux of it. And mm. It was going to be a tall order anyways. It was going to be a big ask. But the fact that if we can learn from mistakes that we do make against any side, going into the more winnable games, that's going to make us stronger, more knowledgeable, it's going to help Rafa Benitez pick a better side because he knows which players can perform these new instructions that you're having to learn every week from all the mistakes that have been made. And, you know, that's something that you don't get with a Pardew, with a McLaren, with a Carver. They blindly just throw the same team out again and just hope for the best. You roll the dice. It's, it's, that's think, the difference. I think for me the encouraging thing was, um, despite being on a poor run, um, the energy and the application, particularly in the first 15, 20 minutes, didn't betray a team that had like lost confidence yeah. or was coming to just get a hiding. And clearly they were still in a position, they're still in a position where Rafa's got the dressing room, they're fired up, they're listening to instructions and they're going out to, to apply a game plan. And, I, and that's not nothing because we've been on a terrible run and you could easily imagine that players would go into a game away at Chelsea, first game of the weekend, thinking, oh, we're going to get an absolute battle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Po point in case, you look at uh, Liverpool-Huddersfield. Mm. So Huddersfield, I mean... It was kind of, uh, you know, 2-1 two, two, to Liverpool way, 3-1. And then they just absolutely capitulated. And it was 5-1 in the end. And that's going to that's gonna knock their confidence massively. It's going to knock their goal difference down. Our goal difference has taken a batter in the last three games. We were, before these three games, I think we were on zero goal difference. Yeah. But now we're on minus eight. And that's that's the difference. Um, Bournemouth have, uh, with a draw to date, Southampton have just sneaked ahead of us on goal difference. But we're on... Three points. We're on the same fifteen with uh, Bournemouth above Newcastle, and then Huddersfield just below. So that goal, difference, that goal difference is going to be key. It's, it's going to matter because I mean the, the bottom six, seven, eight in the league are so tight, and they haven't. Um, and given you know, despite our poor run lately, they haven't capitalised on that. I think they're only a point better off uh, distance from us yeah. between the relegation zones. So that's significant as well. That if we are going to go on a bad run and let's hope it comes, you know, we arrest it soon. The West Brom results and the Chelsea performance to an extent will assist that, I think, that we can get it, we can start pulling away that as long as we, if we are going to lose, then as long as teams below us are losing and around us are losing or drawing, that's going to help us. Bournemouth draw today, for example, that's important. West Ham losing at Man City today, yeah. that's really important because that keeps them in a slump. And when they got Chelsea and Arsenal next, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, so you would anticipate that'll be another couple of games before, you know, if Moyes is going to turn around, it won't be for another couple of weeks. You would imagine. The interesting one for me in all of that is whether, um, like Palace have shown up now and, yeah. and they've got you know a couple of clean sheets on the bounce away from home. I think if they, I mean, you know, if, if Hodgson can kind of get them going and they start getting some players back from injury. Then they, you know, you could see teams like that. If Pardew gets West Ham going once he's kind of had a couple of, because he's normally pretty good. Uh, West Brom, uh, sorry, West Brom. Yeah. Um, for the first six months, he's normally pretty good. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm, I'm really good actually. Yeah, I'm really, yeah, I'm really right. good. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, and so, like, because I, I think the point you make is interesting and right that like we haven't really been sucked back in any more than we were before. Simply because of but. Like, it's not to say we can't. Exactly, we can't, can't rely on that. No. We're, we're, it's sooner or later because... But I think the last the couple of performances... Running out. I, I think that the last two performances, West Brom and... Um, and Chelsea. Um, Chelsea um, I've just realised I was talking about the last three games earlier, but it's the last four games that have gone down minus eight. And, but the last two... The West Brom 
second half performance and Chelsea, I guess, again, the first half hour, similar to the Man United performance, we there's a lot of positives. We look like a team who we can score against very good defences. We, we can come back, like in the, in the West Brom, so we've got character and spirit. And I just think we need to take those, despite the results, what you're saying there is kind of you feel that the character and spirit of the team remains intact, whereas other teams like West Ham, um, even you know, even West Brom, who did did well to come back against us, are going to but, but struggle. It, well, I, but I, I wonder about it because I do think the West Ham performance against Man City was much better than they've been, and so I think we've got a limited amount of time to get our act together because at least a couple of the other teams below us are like punching below their weight, and they should be higher up the league. Um, so, and, and you've already seen like I mean I, I know like Alanis has just arrived. Uh, and Puel hasn't been in post long either. But like Leicester and Everton have pulled themselves out of it. I think they've got better sides. Yeah. So there's that. But I, I think like if we go another couple of games without getting three points on the board, then it's going to it's going to become a thing. It gets more and more difficult. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's that's one win in the last ten or something. Yeah. What is that? I think that's right. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, and 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 I think that despite you know of course you want to be positive about it and it's a way to Chelsea. So there's no point kind of. You know, going in that, imagine we're going to win three 0 I mean, we but there are clearly deficiencies in the squad going into January, like very large ones that we knew about in the summer. And that's a bigger, that's a bigger, that's a bigger question. I mean, I think, I think we before the game when we were talking, it was kind of like we didn't expect even a point. It was yeah. more about we just want a good performance. Let's just have a good performance that's going to keep keep confidence a little bit high not get absolutely turned over by Chelsea, at least give them a game for making work for it, which we did to an extent. Second half was a bit of a dead rubber, I think. But, you know, we've got, talking about Leicester, we've got Leicester at home next uh, on Saturday. Um, that's at home, St. James Park. Leicester are on a really good run. Vardy's looking tasty. He's, he's, he's Well, maybe not his haircut, but certainly his, uh, his football looks, looks pretty sublime. But Vardy's scored a couple of excellent goals uh, this weekend and, yeah. and, and the last so so he's going to be sorry midweek he's going to be very dangerous so that's going to be quite an interesting game it's it's again it, it feels like a big ask to get three points but I think you know that at, at home we'd like to try and give anyone a game and try and not let what happened at Watford happen again going forward and I think as we've talked about in the Chelsea game, we, we maybe have tried to learn from a few mistakes, but there's only so much you can do with the players that you have. And this is a this is what Rafa Benitez has been uh, repeating recently. So Rafa wants 20 points by the end of the month. We're on 15. We need five more points to make that happen. There's a lot of games around Christmas, as we all know. So there's a lot of chance. that, that There feels to be uh, maybe a bit more of an easier run forthcoming. But as you said, Ben, we need we need a we need a win. I think a yeah. win we can dine out on for a couple of weeks extra. That's it's that kind of thing. I think we're we're sort of like living and dying daily, kind of thing, you know, scrapping for food every day to try and stay alive. Well, I think that's and, we need, and, and in fairness, we need like a couple of players in the squad to get into a run of form. Like no one is really. There isn't sort of anybody in the lineup at the minute. You can almost say Gale uh, to an extent with, with yeah. his, his two two away goals. But even then, he's you know because he's not been in the side for long enough. It, it's like he's, he needs to go on a run now. Like through December, if you can get like a couple more, then you think Berlin would that be a No, that's, a, that, that's very um, true. And whereas you know the likes of Perez, yes, in and out, um, Richie, Boyle. I mean, you know, not a good game. Last not time. well. No, not a good game defensively. But ultimately, he set up 
almost essentially was involved in the, the, the setting up of both goals against West Brom. So you kind of see the, <laughs> you kind of see that, you know, Jekyll and Hyde there. Um, but ultimately, he's, he's not really def- he's not really a defensive player. So how much how much can you vilify him for defensive yeah. errors when it really should but, be Mankiho should be making but, those? But I guess what I mean, you know, like I mean, we both do fantasy Premier League and. You got players like Sigurdsson. Poorly, <laughs> I yeah, might right. add. That's yeah. fair. Very poorly. Um, but you know, you got players like Sigurdsson who, even before Everton, have won a couple of games. You look at him; he's like he's got a few assists. He scored at the weekend. Yeah. Lanzini for West Ham, a goal and three assists in the last five games. You know, they're players who are just like starting to fire. Richarlison um, is, is is another one who's been absolutely, absolutely on form. form. Exactly. Yeah. And we need just a couple of players to just get into a bit of a, a good run of form. We need we need candidate we need FPL candidates in exactly. our team. Basically, you wouldn't have anyone from Newcastle in the FPL team. <laughs> Why on earth would you? Uh, you know, I had Elliot in for a little while because we've kept a couple of teams. But you know, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. And we need a couple of players to just play above themselves for December, basically. And then we're into January, and you can start thinking about possibly getting under. I mean, it's a difficult window, and obviously there's the takeover stuff. Um, <laughs> it just overcomplicates everything. I mean, well, it uh, could just ruin everything. I mean, if, if it doesn't yeah. get done, then it just freezes everything. Um, and that would be really bad or we're doing it all in the last two days of the window um, which isn't ideal I mean it's not ideal anyway but but you know, you would not want to go to the end of the season with the squad we've got I mean you know you you live in London so you're a lifelong Newcastle fan how you know there's a lot of there's a lot of fans think there's some kind of agenda <laughs> or set, you know the London based media or southern based media against Newcastle how you know just asking objectively, how do you kind of feel Newcastle are covered? Do you think it's it's fair um, how how they're represented? And so you're right. There is this sort of feeling that um, uh, Newcastle gets a raw deal, and I promise you, it's actually much worse. Um, nobody cares. <laughs> Genuinely, the fact that we all have really kind of keen memories of the late nineties, early noughties when things were brilliant. Like everyone else has moved on. I mean, you say that, <laughs> you say that, but we've been picked for Sky Games about seven or eight times already this yeah, season. Yeah, but I guess so, it's, uh, there must be something in the television deals that people in the northeast have got that kind of makes it a good bet that people don't even <laughs> watch the telly. <laughs> but like, I, on it, I mean, I'm kind of kidding, but I'm not really like honestly, we're not really a story in this year's Premier League yet, yeah. and we haven't been. You know, like that's that's the truth of the matter. And the only re- and, and if we get covered negatively, then it's because we're playing badly. Um, by and large which I think um, recently has probably been yeah and, well, and yeah, particularly yeah. if you look at like the last 10 years it's been a bad 10 years <laughs> you know, there's, there's been a lot more negatives than positives it <laughs> yeah. wouldn't really be realistic to imagine that coverage is going to be much better than that but, but truthfully I mean you know if I have crack with folk out and about um, people will more often than not wistfully go god you guys used to be brilliant yeah. um, you know than anything else uh, but it's in the past tense, yeah. and, and and that's the reality, isn't it? You know, we've been, we know, we absolutely know, we've been taken over by clubs who haven't had a shit decade and who've actually invested. Yeah. Um. And and we're trying to claw back. We've been doing it on a shoestring. Really. And it's not a case of clawing back the fact that we've won relegation in one season in the championship. We're clawing back years, exactly. years of squad development. Yeah. Years of it. So obviously, you have probably. Well, you definitely have no inside knowledge, uh, more more so than any other fan out there. I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> he's, he's been hosting me this weekend, so I felt obliged to let him on. Um, the takeover, can you see it happening? Oh, it's in the balance, isn't it? Um, 
They're still in talks, apparently. So, as early as yesterday, they're still in talks. So, despite not to the extent to which that Stavely's character has been in and around other takeover deals, she's clearly got some substance in, in it, to that degree, at mm-hmm. least. So, Ashley, there's no reason why you would want to hang on beyond where we're at now. It's too, the, 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 the weight of risk, particularly given the way the season's going, is we'll be back down before long. So and, you know, we, and we definitely will not be worth anywhere near 300 million. No, exactly. So it, I can see why it makes sense for him to cash out. You'd be bored if not else, because it's not, you know, it's not kind of kicked on and being what, you know, I, if, to the extent he's even thought about it, <laughs> that what he hoped it would be. Um, <laughs> so, yes, I could probably see it happening. The, for me, the important thing is the timing of the damn thing. Like This it, window is creeping up almost a bit. Exactly. This has almost happened about a month too late, yeah. I think. So... He either sells sooner and gets a lower price, or he tries to hold out longer. But he probably knows that, just simply as a sort of uh, as, a, as as an insurance, that he'll have to fork out a bit of money in January to ensure that we stay in the division. Yeah. Because if the takeover does collapse, he needs to know that we're going to be a Premier League club for for the next potential buyer yeah. that might come in. Um, or, or, you know, as he's saying to them, mind, you need to be clear that I'm not investing in January. So if you want to buy it and make it a growing concern in the Premier League, the best bet is to buy it now. So ultimately, is the difference in cost going to be come down to, well, who pays for January? Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe well. I mean, it, yeah, that, that, you know, but either way, it's not ideal time and it can't happen quick enough if it's going to happen. Um, and even then, I mean, which we just need, like, oodles of cash thrown at the squad and and, a, and the new owners need to accept that a good chunk of that's not going to work out because it never does no um you know that all clubs even the top clubs have, have made huge signs that have barely played or don't work out <laughs> quite so um and so that's going to require like 100 and you've seen it with everton you know they've put huge money in it, was, it, it wasn't about the quality of the players it was just about the the actual Positions of those players, well, the lack of balance, I guess. But, but partly that, but also just such a, a quick change, so so much change all at one go, and losing a player like Lukaku, who's always, you know, Tottenham had that with Bale, very, very hard to like fashion a new side essentially all overnight. A new way of playing, exactly. Yeah. So there's going to be bumps in the road, even if we do get a new owner, and yes. even if we do put money in. Um, and I think that. But, but then it, it literally can't get any worse than, than we are now because I, I do think we're a good candidate for relegation. I, I, as things stand, yep. if nothing else changes, um, I will be in the bottom five. Like, you know, that, and, and then it'll be really tight. Do we need a goal scorer, basically? We do need a goal scorer, but then we also need adding reinforcements all the way through the team. But goalkeeping situations unacceptable. It um, is, isn't it? And it's really important. Um, <laughs> Centre midfield, I mean, I like Hayden, but I'm not sure how many other sides he gets in. Um, I, I, well, I think he's still learning his trade. I quite like him. I like his tenacity, and I think he's a, I think he's already a better player than Diarmi. I, I think Diarmi is substandard. Set that bar. You no, know, it really is. I think Marino's excellent. I think in terms of other, you know, relative to our squad, mm. I think Lejeune's been a good sign as well. But I think you're right. I think we we need. There's a question mark over so members' um, communication, his language, uh, which is why he's sort of been out the side underneath Rafa Benitez. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clark's had a couple of shifty weeks, so and it's just, it's just, it's just having enough depth to be able to rotate. We're playing players like Clark at fullback, you know what I mean? Like it's just that's not good enough. We're playing Mankilo, who we know isn't, you know, Rafa knows he's not good enough. He didn't want to sign him. But Ben, but Ben, the, 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 uh, 
top of the league and second of the league, both playing midfielders at left back, Fabian Delph and Ashley Young. They're yeah. not defenders either. Left backs even. So. I know, but like our option. Maybe Colback comes in. Exactly. Um, Maybe he comes in. This is it. We'll be up in the third. Don't don't come back, Colback, please. Um, so look, we we all know where we stand. We're going to Leicester. I'm not going to be too disheartened about losing three one at Chelsea and taking the lead. Are we away at Leicester? No, we're at home. Home this Saturday. So. Once again, we'll be um, singing our hearts out at home, hoping for, a, look, even a draw would help some way towards momentum and spirit and give us a platform. But if we can knit a win, and if we are going to knit a win, it is going to be by one goal. It will be like a one nil, but I think Vardy's going to be quite difficult to contain. So I think it might hinge on his performance. Really. No, we're quite, but I mean, and, and despite being a bit pessimistic um, through that last bit of the conversation, like I said about the Chelsea performance, first 15-20 minutes, it didn't look like we were affected by the bad run we're on. Mm-hmm. We can start well against Leicester if we can get ahead early. I don't think there's any reason we why basically, we, can't, we can't have a good result. I, I completely agree. I think what we need to do is burst out the traps like we did against Bournemouth. We didn't happen to put mm-hmm. the ball in the net in the first half, but we pummeled them that first half. It's just that we didn't finish chances and they just slowly grew into yeah, the game exactly. confidence and then uh, Cook wins it in the last minute. You know, that's, you just, well, That was down to like a finishing, but we'll see what happens anyway. Thanks very much for watching. Um, I've been Adam. That's been Ben for the Toon Network. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We're also on SoundCloud and iTunes if you want to hear the audio version of this. Follow us on Twitter and we're on Facebook as well. Thanks very much. A very special match report with this guy. Mm -hmm. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye, everyone.